I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new Season 3, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. Hello, welcome to Sportsbeat After Hours. We are back, and it's 2020, baby. First episode of 2020. 2020. We're two weeks into it. It's our first episode that we've done. <laughs> it's been a crazy end of 2019 and a crazy beginning of 2020, but we're back. And for those of you that are just tuning in, this is Sportsbeat After Hours. The show after Sports Beat airs on KSL Channel 5. I am your host, Hemi Mooley Jr. And on the ones and twos, our other host, the local lovable Canuck himself, Zach Hicken. Yeah, uh, like I said, we're happy to be back. Um, we had a crazy end of 2019. Hemma was down in San Antonio with the Utes, mm-hmm. watching them get their trash kicked by uh, Texas. It was bad. Said it was the worst sporting event he's ever been to. Um, and then I was sick last week, and honestly, I did not feel like recording a podcast. Mm-hmm. Told Hemma to get out of here so we could just go home. And uh, we left here before midnight for like the first time ever, which was awesome. But it felt like it was four in the morning. Yeah, it always us. feels like it's four in the morning when we leave on a Sunday night. That's true. But, Happy to be back. Um, a lot has been going on since we last recorded. A lot of crazy stuff. Uh, we're in a new decade. Mm-hmm. Um, the Jazz have been playing like really good. Uh, we're not going to say certain things on this podcast. Let's just say they haven't lost since Chris. Uh, day after Chris. Or yeah, Christmas? since December twenty sixth. Right. Yeah. Those are yeah. So uh... you know what's funny? The Jazz. I guess technically they lost a game after we recorded our last podcast, but they've only lost one game since we last recorded a podcast. Mm, that's very interesting. They've, they've won a lot of games. They've won well, don't one more it. game than eight. Okay. And they've one less than ten. One less than ten. Uh, you could say the last of the single digits. Yeah, the last single digit. Um Hopefully they keep it rolling. Well, the thing that's been really cool about this is that they've done it in a variety of ways. Um, I mean, as of late, the the most recent victory by the Jazz, they beat the uh, Wizards in Washington, D.C. without Donovan and still without Mike Conley. So probably missing your two best players. Crazy. Um, They get down by, what, like 15 at Uh one point in the game. They're down 11 at halftime. They go on a 15-0 run in the third quarter and they just found a way to win. I think Rudy literally carried them <laughs> on his back. He's been t- playing just incredible these last few games too, by the way. Well, and Jordan Clarkson has been such a big addition for the bench. Yeah. Um, most of the new guys. So yeah, Tucker having included. Yeah. Ray John Tucker has been great in the minutes that he's gotten, but Jordan Clarkson is a guy that's adding 16 to 20 minutes a night to that bench unit. Mm-hmm. And, all of a sudden, Emmanuel Moutier is not feeling the pressure that he was. 
because you could tell when he starts pressing, he just drives and doesn't Tunnel play vision. team basketball. Yeah. He has been playing so good in the Jazz system. Mm-hmm. I want him to be around for more than one season because he's yeah. a perfect backup point guard. For sure. He's so good. Let's let's talk about the bench some more because, you know, beginning of the season, that was our biggest weakness was our bench. And coming into this new year, it looks like one of the stronger benches in the West right now? Well, they made some tough decisions. They, they cut did. Jeff Green, um, so that way they could go sign Ray John Tucker. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've pretty much effectively benched Ed Davis. Yes. Um, they're giving those minutes to Tony Bradley. Mm-hmm. And we've seen him grow and flourish. And honestly, like for as many jokes I make about B- Baby Fat Bradley, like <laughs> he's been playing He's been well. playing amazing. He yeah. has grown so much this season, more than we've seen during any other point of his career because it's been so slow developing because yes. he's just been stuck in the G League. And any time he got a chance, like he was just making mistakes. But you know what? You throw him in the fire, he's like in the refiner's fire, and he's coming out, and he's really becoming a polished NBA bench player that can contribute. Now, he's still making mistakes. He got benched mm-hmm. in this Washington game because he had some major defensive lapses. Yes. But against Chicago, he had a great game um, to keep this win streak alive. Uh, against New Orleans, he was pretty key. And he's really helped when Rudy hasn't been able to, um, when Rudy's had to go to the bench for foul yeah. trouble or just when he needs a spell because he's exhausted. And it's it's kind of unfair because, I mean, obviously he's backing up the two-time defensive player of the year. But I think the biggest asset from Tony Bradley has been his ability to score. He's been He's been scoring pretty consistently, and that shocked me. In fact, let me just say, I'm going to be frank, I was not a hater, but... I did not have faith in Tony Bradley. No, I don't think either of us did. We it, we it, joke about him on this. We joked about <laughs> him on this podcast for a year, and, and even to to a certain extent, George and Yang too. But those two on the bench unit have been great. Yeah. So part of the part of what happened with George is he's basically taking Jeff Green's minutes. Mm-hmm. He's playing the four. He went from the three to the four. He's getting more shots in this offense. So. You kind of think about like what Jay Crowder did. Yeah, Jay Crowder got a lot of spot up corner threes, a lot of wing threes, um, and was pretty effective. Mm-hmm. I think George is playing a lot better. The uh-huh. numbers are showing that he's defending better against the four, um, just because he's not super quick. He can't defend a three off the dribble. Yeah, um, and he's just playing great basketball right now. He's yeah. been really good. So our bench has been phenomenal, and then. Let's talk about... Well, and the most important piece yeah. was moving Dante, a guy who was effectively not contributing at all, like five minutes a night, getting a great piece. Mm-hmm. Jordan Clarkson's... I mean, he's a guy that could be up for six, uh, six men of the year yeah. by the end of the year, just by the way he's playing. He was really good in Cleveland. He was good in Los Angeles before he even went to Cleveland. Yeah. He was just part of a very untalented team. Mm-hmm. And now he's surrounded by talent. He doesn't need to chuck shots. Um, there are times that he still does it. Yeah. But, like, he, you and I were talking earlier, he is so good in isolation. Mm-hmm. You put him at the top of the key with a defender, and he can, he he runs the pick and roll really well, but he can even take a guy off the dribble and finish with so many different ways around the rim. Oh, yeah. He can finish with his right hand, with his left hand. He can do a spin. He can step back. Yeah. He can put so many moves down low, and it's just, it's really refreshing to have some guy... Uh, come off the bench that's really polished because we haven't seen that this year. Yeah, it's it's been so great to see um, how well he's fit into the Jazz system of driving, finding those 
open guys. Um, I guess that's the other thing too that I love about Clarkson is that he could also shoot. Like he's not just a paint scoring guy. I've seen him nail a few threes, and um, I just think he's just been phenomenal. So I'm I'm super stoked that the Jazz picked him up. Um, so the Jazz are in a win streak. Coming up next, they've got Brooklyn. Brooklyn. Kyrie's back. Uh-huh. Jared Allen's back. Kyrie looks great. Spencer Dinwiddie's back. Yeah, they're kind of they look back dangerous. At full force. It's going to be interesting to see. I'm hoping we're hopeful that Donovan. Is mm-hmm. healthy by that time. He's been sick for about a week now. Um, it was really affecting him on Friday night. Yeah. He only was held to four points. And that's the other thing, too, is like even a night where he's held to only four points, other people step up. Yeah. Um, you know, they've been able to win games in offensive shootouts. They've been able mm-hmm. to win games where they've had to step up defensively. <laughs> yeah. And I know that there's a lot of criticism right now for the way that they're winning and the teams that they're beating. But even though, like, these teams were below 500, Washington had just beat, like, Boston, Denver, and Miami in their last three home games. And then Utah goes in on the first game of a road trip, a matinee game. Those are always super hard to get up for, Mm -hmm. especially the day after you're traveling, and they go in and and gut out a tough win. Um, You look at... uh, New Orleans and New Orleans has been one of the best teams in the NBA over the last 10 games. They've won like seven games or eight of their last 10 or something like that. Just something Mm -hmm. absurd. Brandon Ingram has been amazing. He's insane. And Rudy was able to shut him down. It was a foul, but Rudy was able to stop him (laughs) on the last play. Um, And then even like Detroit with like Derrick Rose going off on the bench. And um, it's just, it's impressive to see them win and face adversity and just really really grow because that's something that's going to help them during this last push of the season they're in second place in the western conference right now and you know you face adversity like this during the playoffs you know someone's going to go down with an injury things don't go your right way you're exhausted you're playing every other night you don't get a two-night break um you're doing a lot of traveling you're not in your own hotel room or you're Mm -hmm. in a hotel room you're not in your own bed this is streaks like this are what make the difference when those big games in the playoffs come up for sure. Uh, especially traveling to the East, you know, the jazz historically not great in the East. Uh, you play in a different time kind of shakes off everyone's groove, but something unique that I think this jazz team is able to do that past jazz teams really haven't. This is the most clutch jazz team. I think ever, uh, I think they're leading the NBA in clutch wins. They're like 14 and two or 12 and 4. I can't remember exactly what the numbers are. Some insane number in games decided by five uh, by five points or less in the final five minutes. Yeah. And I don't, you know, you expect a team to get a couple of those every so often. But the fact that the Jazz have gotten them consistently day in and day out, night after night, as of late, while missing a lot of big pieces, you know, Mike Conley for the most part of the season... It's it's really cool to see. And so I think you're right. Brooklyn's going to be a test. And then I think they got the Pelicans after that. Um, mm-hmm. That's going to be a test, too. Um, so hopefully the streak And they come back up. and play Indiana after that. Yeah. So. And then the Pacers. Yeah. Who are not, no pushover. Right. Um, um, but what's been impressive to me for how they kind of put it together, you go back to – let's go back to um, 
This was on December 9th. Okay. Okay. The Jazz get boat raced at home by the Thunder, 104 to 90. They've lost four of their last five. Um, that's uh, six of their last eight. Yeah, six of their last yes. eight. That was that difficult uh, traveling stretch. Yeah, basically, so the five-game stretch where they're at the Bucks, the Pacers, Grizz- Grizzlies, Raptors, and 76ers. They come back after that, and they've won 15 of their last 16. And they're just, they're starting to uh, really find themselves and have an identity and mm-hmm. play really well. And their only loss, like not to bring up, you know, moral victories, but they lost at the Heat by only three points. Um, a good Heat team. So it's uh, it's hopeful. It, I, I know that in that traveling stretch where they lost to like the Sixers, it looked bleak. And I was like pretty bummed. I yeah. was like, I thought this team was going to be good. I thought this yeah. team was going to be great. But now they're kind of shaping up. And honestly, that's when you want your team to peak, mm-hmm. you know toward the middle of the season and hopefully well, giving them momentum toward the end. Yeah, you want them to peak heading into the All-Star break, get that break, come back, they're going to be refreshed, and then they just take off again mm-hmm. for that second half of the season. It's really like the final third. And hopefully, what does the Jazz Jazz's schedule look like after the All-Star break? They open up after the All-Star break, back-to-back against San Antonio, Houston, and then Phoenix. Yikes. So... um I mean, there's still a lot of teams that they haven't played. They haven't played Denver yet this season, so they have Denver four times on the schedule. Mm -hmm. Uh, They haven't played Boston Boston. yet this season, so they still have Boston twice. They still have one more game against Miami. Luckily, it's at home. Um, Haven't played Dallas yet this year, so they have three against Dallas. Uh, I guess the Spurs. They haven't played the Spurs. They haven't played the Spurs. The Spurs aren't great this year, but they play them three times. Um, so, and they haven't played Houston this year, so they have Houston three times. And then I'm sure that they'll probably face them in the playoffs because... That's, That's just how happens. it goes. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, it's going to help them. This this streak that they're that they have is going to help them, and so yeah, um, I'm excited to see where things go. But you know what? They aren't the only team in the state right now that's facing adversity. Let's talk about the BYU Cougars for a second. Okay, BYU. I've been blown away with the basketball season that they've had. Yeah, I'm so impressed because. They are not in a place that I thought they would be at this point. Mm-hmm. So they start the season without Yoli Childs for the first nine games. And you know what? They pick up some really big wins. They beat Virginia Tech. They beat UCLA. They beat Houston on that buzzer beater by TJ Hawes. Mm-hmm. Um, they boat race Nevada. They beat Utah State. Um, and then they have... So at this point right now, they have five losses. One is to Kansas, who's one of the top four teams in the country. Yep. Uh, the other is against San Diego State, who's one of the last two remaining undefeated teams in the country. Utah at home in that crazy game where Yoli, it was his first game back, and he gets hurt. And then um, they have the loss against Boise State in overtime. And then this last Thursday, lost to St. Mary's in overtime. So three of their five losses came in overtime. The other two came against top five teams. Yeah. And so I've just been really impressed with what more with what Mark Pope's done. Um, they're without Yoli Childs mm-hmm. for. In fact, they haven't lost a game that Yoli Childs has played the whole game. 
Mm, interesting. So Yoli got hurt in practice, in case you guys didn't know, in case you're living in a cave. Yoli got hurt on Tuesday. He had a open dislocation of his finger. Ugh. Do not Google search yeah. this in case you <laughs> want to know what it looks like. Do not. It's more disgusting than an open fracture. Ugh. I promise you, it is the nastiest thing you'll ever see. Um, so he has an open dislocation of his finger. They go and lose at St. Mary's in overtime. Come back, play a great game against Portland. But coming up this week, they have a trip against uh, to the kennel against Gonzaga on Saturday. Looking forward to that. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm excited to see you know, how they respond. This is just kind of a gritty team. Yeah. They have different guys that can step it up in any given game. Mm-hmm. Alex Barcelo stepped it up when he's needed to. Jake Toulson, yep. TJ Hawes, Dalton Nixon. This is a fun group. And, you know, we're getting to the point. We could potentially have two or three teams making the NCAA tournament from the state this year. Yeah. So it's going to be a lot of fun to follow them and see how they do. It's a surprise for sure. But I'm excited because it'll make our, uh, when they start doing the conference tournaments, it's going to be a lot of fun covering that. So yeah. No, I'm actually looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to it too. So I just wanted to quickly talk about BYU. Um, Utah has been kind of up and down a roller coaster season. They just got boat raced by Colorado today. Mm-hmm. But you know what? I'm sure when they get back to the friendly confines of the Huntsman Center, like yeah. they're going to be fine. Yeah. They're, you know, it's just. They're laying the foundation. They're going to be a great team. Yeah. A, a squad to be reckoned with in like two years. Yeah. They've had some great wins this year. They've had some disappointing losses. They're just young. And uh, Utah State, um, you know, after a three-game losing skit, they beat Nevada, which was really impressive. Which but was, yeah. they need to turn it around quick because they're not headed in a, re- in a good no. direction right now. And it's even worse because they're – they are – a team whose squad is going to be missing a lot of pieces next year, both mm-hmm. to the league and to graduation. So, you know, they got to make noise where they can and kind of buckle down right now. Yeah. Um, because they're, I mean, they're not going to win the West. It's kind of, I don't know, never say never, but probability wise, I don't think they're going to make it. But, you know, they could still make enough noise to make it to the tournament. Yeah, making out large bids. So we'll see how it goes. Um, We're going to keep tonight's episode short. Uh, We're kind of warming up. We don't want to go in and do a full hour and plus, like you said, the Jazz are on a a streak since we haven't been recording. So So, we uh, just are, we're obligated to do this podcast mm -hmm. because bosses and hashtag sponsors. So um, yeah, we're, uh, we'll talk to you guys next week. Yep. Thank you for listening to Sports Beat After Hours. I am Hema Hamilly Jr. He is Zachary Hicken. Good night, everybody. Go Jazz.